Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rock That Relationship. We are so excited about this season. We are talking about breakups. And I know, Tracy, that makes you sad. It makes me sad. It makes a lot of people sad talking about breakups. But there are some really great things you can learn about yourself and learn about the kind of life that you want to lead and moving forward uh, with just better understanding in, you know, in the time of a breakup. And we're so excited today to have a guest on that Tracy's been gushing about for quite a while. I've had the opportunity to listen to several of her episodes and I'm, I'm just not even going to steal your thunder, Tracy. You need to do this welcome because this is a big one. For <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're so happy to have Jessica De Silva on and she does a podcast called Let's Talk Attachments. And it has been so, so helpful to me, Jessica. So welcome to our podcast. Um, I just want to tell you, you're a lifesaver. Um, there's so many times when I needed to hear what you had to say. And if I didn't, I'd be an absolute mess. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And thank you so much for giving me this platform to talk about this stuff <laughs> and share what I honestly, I practice most and think about most. So thanks for having me. Well, it's so interesting. I actually was married for eight years to a psychologist and I would not absorb the lessons until after we got divorced and it was in therapy afterwards. And finding your podcast that actually made me understand attachments because I was so, so resistant to that before. So we can't wait to get into like how important those are. Cause I'm like this person that walks around the streets now. Don't you know about attachment theory? And don't you know about attachment stuff? And guess what? The great thing is you can work on it and it will get better. So we're totally excited. Can you tell us like, how did you get into this? Like what made you do this getting on the podcast and everything? Yeah. So I have always been fascinated with psychology because I, I didn't have the best role models growing up. So no one really to teach me good morals, good values. I mean, my parents are great people, but just lost in a lot (laughs) of ways. So I had to kind of find these answers on my own, which is why I, you know, studied psychology and then later, um, studying marriage and family therapy. And it was, well, so in my 20s, I went through a period of just very toxic, unhealthy relationships. And for me, I'm always like, I want to learn about this. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I repeating these patterns? Um, and so that's why I went into the marriage and family therapy. And it was there where I learned about attachment theory. But it, it's interesting because I've talked to other like psychologists as well. And mm-hmm. we didn't get a lot of training on attachment theory. So it was mm-hmm. only after that I started to really like, wait a second, this stuff really resonates. Like it's making a lot of sense. Um, and that's where I got into attachment work and specifically helping clients with their attachment styles and helping them understand how their partners are operating from their own attachment needs mm-hmm. and traumas. Um, and then I, you know, started the podcast just to emphasize more on what I was sharing. <laughs> Cause there's so much to talk about it. Like one post is not sufficient enough. So. And, and do you think that like people, when you talk to them about that in your work, is that something they're even aware of before you bring it up? Or is this just, I mean, I feel like it's not really talked about. And I'm shocked to hear you say they didn't even talk about it that much in your training. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, the people that come to me, usually they follow me on Instagram. So when they Mm. first find me on my pod, well, the podcast, they're kind of searching for attachment theory, but on Instagram, they just see this stuff. They're like, whoa, this makes sense. Let Mm -hmm. me learn more. And then they learn more and then they come to me and they're just like, tell me everything. So, (laughs) um, yeah, but a lot of people don't really know. No. Well, and I just listened actually this morning on my way to work. I listened to your episode, I think 16 or August 16th of 2022 this year. Uh, Ren Russ, I think is her name. And it's just phenomenal. Like how much, if you start getting into this, it really helps you to understand not only your relationships that you currently have like dating, but your whole life, right? Like everything that's led up to whatever, you know, situation you're in now. Yeah. And you know what? It's, you know, we form relationships to everything, right? Attachment Mm -hmm. isn't just to our partner or our parents or whoever we, it's whoever, it's whatever we have an emotional connection to Mm -hmm. as we form an attachment. So it's everything in life. So once you start figuring out, wait a second, whoa, I'm anxiously attached to my partner. Wait a second. I'm like anxiously attached to my, my work, right? Yeah. Or your pet. Exactly. My pet. Yeah. So you, it's, it's such an existential process when you really get into it. Well, Jessica, it's so interesting. You talk about like kind of your interest in this and I had never heard of this until the last maybe nine or 10 months. And then of course, similar to Tracy, it was like, Whoa, what is this? And so I think some of our listeners today, this is be the first time they've ever heard, heard of it. Other, other than the fact that we've mentioned it briefly in a couple of previous episodes, but we really haven't gotten into the details. So can you maybe share a little bit about what are the different attachment styles and, and how they might show up in relationships with people, any kind of relationships, really? Yeah, yeah. So there's four different attachment styles. And by the way, if you want to dive deeper into this, um, you can read about how this all came about. John Bowlby was a pioneer. Um, but anyways, so there's four different attachment styles or four different ways that we experience love or relate to another. Um, there's the anxious preoccupied. There's the dismissive avoidant, the fearful avoidant, another name for fearful avoidance, disorganized. Uh, And then there's the secure attachment. Just wanted to preface and say that none of us are a hundred percent secure, anxious, dismissive, or fearful. We all fall on a spectrum. So you're going to find that with different people, different aspects are going to surface, right? Different circumstances, just different phases. You know, you're going to see these uh, aspects surface. So with the anxious attachment style, they, in relationships, they fall hard. <laughs> they attach quickly and they also fall really hard. Um, meaning, and it's really because they're able to form emotional connections much quicker, right? So again, this is all about emotional connection and they're really good at that. So they tend to like, if, if I connect with you, it, I feel that attachment to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I just feel it stronger. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but they have this underlying fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of these behaviors manifest or these fears manifest in relationships through how they behave. Right. So like mm-hmm. holding on the latching on the over dependency, the clinginess, the neediness, like, don't leave me, don't leave me, mm-hmm. um, which can cause a lot of problems <laughs> in relationships. <laughs> Um, and then there's the dismissive avoidant. They didn't really get a lot of their emotional and or physical needs met growing up. Um, so in relationships, they tend to be 
more distance, right? Mm -hmm. They tend to be very uh, independent. They need a lot of space to self-soothe. They don't really allow a lot of emotional support. And that can also cause problems in relationship, Mm -hmm. especially if you have more of an anxious partner who wants to help, (laughs) right? Right. Wants to connect with you. And they also are afraid of vulnerability because Mm -hmm. being vulnerable means weakness. Mm -hmm. Being weakness means well, I can't survive, right? right. You'll be hurt yep. and they I won't mean, survive it. Right. Or they think they won't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe in childhood, right. They tried to be emotional or tried to be vulnerable and it was just rejected. Mm-hmm. So emotions to them is, well, it's bad. It's, it's weak. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they carry that into their adult life. Right. Um, which it's, it's hard for them to connect relationships when you can't have that vulnerability with people. Um, and then you have the fearful avoidance. So that was me for most of my life. You probably, you probably know that or refer to the podcast. Yes. Care about that a lot. And that is like, Ooh, that is the, so we have both, you know, anxious and avoidant tendencies. Mm-hmm. And usually with the fearful avoidant, it's you experienced either severe levels of trauma, right? Physical, emotional, mental, or, um, you just didn't really trust your parents in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. You just didn't trust them in a lot of ways. Um, so we want love, but we think it's going to betray us. We think that people are going to take advantage of us. So it causes us to be very hot and cold in relationships. Mm -hmm. One foot in one foot out. I always got a backup plan. Always got a backup plan. Right. Because these things set in when somebody's younger, right? With the parents, I know there's been some terrible experiments they do with monkeys to show that, but like, you know, or there's that experiment with the baby where the parents leave the room and they watch how the baby acts. Like, is it securely attached? Is it not? Is it anxious? You know, like, because parents aren't educated on how to be parents generally, right? I mean, and it creates these attachment styles in their kids. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. My mom had a fearful avoidant attachment style. My grandma had a fearful avoidant, my great grandma. So Mm. it gets these ways of experiencing love and relating and managing our anxieties. Mm -hmm. It gets passed down from generation to generation. And then you said there's, well, so there's the disorganized, I think you have left to talk about, and then is secure its own or are those people just too special to even like talk about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so here's the, so yeah so disorganized is the fearful avoidant mm-hmm. yeah oh okay yeah. okay so that's just another term um so there's there and then there's the secure attachment mm-hmm. and again nobody is a hundred percent secure like it's just there's no perfect person out mm-hmm. there right um and we're all gonna have insecurities you know it's just part of being human so with the secure attachment it's just basically how you cope, how you respond to relationship anxiety, how you respond to life anxiety. They just have healthier ways of mm-hmm. sitting with their emotions, right? Um, processing their emotions, communicating their needs, asserting their boundaries. They're just skills and mm-hmm. it's skills that we can all learn. And that's essentially what I teach people is just learning healthy skills of doing life. (laughs) life. And and that's one thing that I love about what you teach and on your podcast is that these things, while they are learned as children, they're not set in stone. And, you know, your guest today was saying like, you know, her 76 year old dad, like 
this stuff said him when he was a kid, but yeah, it can, if you start to look at it, you can start to change it. And there's, I mean, there are harmful. Do you see, do people with the different attachment styles show up differently, not only in relationship, but also in breakups? Like, do they show up Mm. differently in breakups? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's Tell a, us, and give then, us some examples <laughs> of that. So this is just from like clinical observation and also listening to some podcasts with other, you know, psychologists that, that practice in the realm of attachment theory. But, um, so with anxious attachments, remembering that they attach hard. <laughs> so with breakups, they are still activated. They're still attached. They take a much longer time letting go. You'll find that they go into a lot of protest behaviors where it's like, no, you're the one. Maybe they're still calling, still texting, checking social media accounts. They just haven't accepted the fact that it's over, right? They'll fantasize about the person coming back and things like that. Um, Although so people t- can sometimes come back and it's not yes. just a fantasy, <laughs> but hopefully both, but both yeah. people have worked on their attachment styles in the meantime, of course. <laughs> of course. Are you speaking from personal experience? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. From the this is strictly clinical, as we say, <laughs> clinical yeah. examples. Exactly. A generic. Maybe you'll come on my podcast later to talk good, about good. Yes. Yes. I do want to. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, again, it's, it's so important to set those limitations for yourself and those boundaries, um, as the anxious attachment. So dismissive avoidance, they take more of this detached approach in terms of, uh, breakups. And it's not that they don't care. It's just, that is how they cope. They mm-hmm. cope by emotionally detaching and they're just good at it. Because yeah. they've been doing it forever. I, I saw that up close. Yes, it so, is. It's, I can't even talk about it. Yeah, it's hard. It it's seems hard. very cold. So, very But if cold. they're detaching, so let me ask you this, like, okay, if they're detaching, are they really detached or are they just kind of compartmentalizing something mm-hmm. that could come up later? Yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. They just compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so 10 years down the road, they could be in another relationship and all this stuff spills out. Because it's been sort of pushed down. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Because again, it isn't a healthy coping mechanism, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not productive as adults. Maybe it worked when you were little, mm-hmm. but as an adult, it's going to surface if you want meaningful relationships. Um, and people can go throughout life just on that surface level. But if you want something meaningful and real and deep and rich, you're going to, those that's going to come up at some point. Well, yeah. and, and isn't it that you, these are coping mechanisms that serve them to survive, including myself. I grew up in a non, not a great environment, but that doesn't, it like wreaks havoc on you as an adult. Yeah. It helped you survive in a bad situation as a kid, but as an adult, it, it, it's just wreaks havoc unhealthy, yeah. you know, when you're trying to have healthy relationships. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's why, you know, you see most anxious and avoidant dynamics in therapy because Mm -hmm. the anxious person wants to deeply connect and the avoidant is like, nope, Mm -hmm. nope, withdraws, ignores, dismisses, deflects. So yeah, at some point it's gonna come up, (laughs) right? Right. And then you'll see avoidance too. And, you know, after, during breakups or after breakups, just 
very surface level relationships or like random hookups, you know, that doesn't require emotional attention. Mm. So again, very surface level. Um, and then there's the fearful avoidant. So fearful avoidance, it's a mixed bag, <laughs> it's a mixed bag. They, one day it's like, oh my God, this person's my soulmate. I want them back next day. It's like, fuck them. Part of my language, but like, I don't care. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's just this back and forth. And Very- you were like that. I mean, I know you've done so much work, um, to, to correct or to bring you to a better place, but like when you were doing that, that's really how you felt, right? Like, Oh, I love this person. Forget it. I love them. Forget it. Like it's like a tussle inside of yourself. Right. Oh my God. It's awful. Like it's so <laughs> painful and it's painful to the person on the other end too. Cause they're like, what the hell is going on? So we really end up traumatizing the people we're with as well, you mm-hmm. know, with those, those ways of responding, but yeah, it's just this disorganized way of coping with your anxiety. It's a disorganized way of, and what you know, was, was there like a straw that broke the camel's back for you where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, you're, you're, you're our listeners can't see you're relatively young. I mean, I'm, you know, an over 50 woman, so you look quite young to me. Like, what was it? I mean, it's so great. Like you have so many years ahead of you to live a more healthy, you know, life. Like what was it? Was it something that happened or education you got or what? Yeah. So it was just that series of toxic relationships, but it got so toxic where it led to physical abuse, mm-hmm. right? It was like the universe was like, Jessica, you're not learning your lessons. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm going to teach you in a really hard, hard way. <laughs> so you can see what you're doing to yourself, like mm-hmm. what you're tolerating. Um, it got to the point where it got physical. And I just had this like out of body experience where I was just like, what am I doing with my mm-hmm. life? Like, is this what I want? Like, is mm-hmm. this, what is happening mm-hmm. here? And that's where I, started to make the change. Yeah. Cause I wow. couldn't do that again. Wow. What a, what a wake up call. My gosh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, as you talk about when you're, you know, particularly I'm interested in, in the fearful avoidant one, when you're talking about that's like kind of the hot and cold and on and off. And I want you, I don't want you, you know, thinking about too, when they're, when those people are moving on and maybe not holding onto their ex, but then grabbing onto a new person and maybe, maybe starting a new relationship quickly and then hot, are they hot and cold with them and sort of you know, yep. I, I'm fascinated by this sort of compartmentalization and, and the catching up of that later on, because I found myself in a relationship I was in for a long time. And then I was only apart from somebody for four months until I started dating somebody new. And it was great. I thought I was ready, blah, 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 I moved on. And then when we broke up and I went through therapy, stuff from the old relationship came up. And because I had somehow compartmentalized it. So, you know, I don't know that, you know, four months is moving on quickly, but in my case, like, I might have in, in a sense of trying to find some attachment, grab somebody and then, you know, kind of hot and cold back and forth. What, is it, is my experience unique or like, what, what is that? How does that sort of fit into the attachment theory stuff? Yeah, no, that's actually really common. It's actually really common. Um, and so what happens is that, you know, to fill the void, to meet the need, we just tend to jump into these other situations, but not realize, not taking time to process. So a lot of this, a lot of this healing work really comes from learning from these experiences. So taking the time to learn from that relationship, what was this teaching me so that I don't repeat it in another relationship? Um, Yeah. Well, and I, to Corey's 
point about that. I mean, I've lived that life, right? And it's interesting for me, age, I don't know if age or if it's how much work I've done in the past, you know, year and a half. So maybe it's just because I got to this age now where I said, okay, finally, I have to look at this stuff. And I noticed going forward, I'm not making the same choices I would have 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I'd have been like, oh, you broke up with me? Fine. Getting on to the next one. And, you know, like, I I don't want to do that anymore. I think it's similar, you know, just I don't want that. Like, I want to go forward in, in a securely attached relationship. Do you think, I mean, I guess there are some people who just grow up in good environments and so they have that. But is that something that we can learn to actually do, do you think? Oh, to be that person. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. Um, again, like your brain is changing every day. It is changing every single day. So if you, you know, create an internal environment, an external environment of like growth and possibility and surrounding yourself and implementing these skills, eventually it's going to become you, right? It's Mm going to become this new way of operating. Um, So that's kind of what I did after that toxic relationship, because I would always jump from one relationship to another, Mm -hmm. but like same shit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I took two years. Hmm. I took two years off. This doesn't have to apply to everybody, but, um, but because I really wanted to assess all of my relationships, identify the patterns, identify my reactions, which your attachment style will kind of tell you, you know, how you respond and stuff. Um, so that I cannot repeat these patterns, mm. right? So I can actually find a compatible partner. And so much of that, especially with the fearful avoidant, is who am I? What are my needs? What do I need to feel safe and secure in a relationship? And then when you start to operate from this like place of empowerment, you start to see who is compatible with you and who isn't Mm -hmm. right. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. attracting these people anymore. I was attracting people that were Mm -hmm. actually responding to who I was and Mm -hmm. what I needed. And do you feel like people, did you have to get the professional training? Cause you're a licensed marriage and family therapist, right? But did you find research? Was this while you were in school or had you already done the schooling? And then you're like, oh, I'm not even doing this in my personal life. Or did you look and find the podcasts and the books? And cause that's how I got started. You know, yeah. it was, yes, the catalyst of being married to a psychologist, but then, oh my gosh, being in therapy, podcasts, books, like to keep me busy. Right. And then after this most recent breakup, like, oh my God, I need resources. I need help. I need to listen and fix, you know, this. So this doesn't happen to me ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so painful, yes. right? No, I know. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to happen again. Um, you know what, to, to be totally honest, I didn't do a lot of therapy. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't, I don't know why I didn't do a lot of therapy, but I was just, I was just reading. I did a lot of bibliotherapy. So just reading a lot of books, um, listening to podcasts. I did some seminars, you know, on self-development. Um, but honestly, the schooling is what helped so much because I learned so much there and also working with clients because then I could, it was just, it, it was a very surreal process where I could also kind of see how I was operating and learn from those experiences. So yeah, it was very much self-learned, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 
you know, as we talk about learning this, this is great because, you know, our listeners are going to say, what can I do to either you move a little bit more towards being, you know, more securely attached or at least mitigate the unproductivity of some of the things about the attachment style they have. So like for me, I know that, um, for the most part, I'm securely attached. I, you know, I've done some of the assessments. I just know from my past, I'm pretty securely attached, but there's a couple things that just sort of trigger me. And I, and I move to like anxious and I literally see myself doing it. Um, you know, it's, it usually, I see her doing it too. She just, cause I call her and I'm like, what does this text mean? What does this text? This is, this is, and I start spinning and spinning and spinning and I get anxious about it. And, um, and so I, I've tried to find ways to sort of like, you know, stop the cart, move back a little bit, go back to your secure place. And then I know there's other people who just aren't even just generally securely attached, but that, you know, are trying to find ways to, to intervene. So, you know, aside from like educating themselves about reading, are there things you can do kind of in the moment when, especially if someone who's aware of this is like, Oh, I'm slipping mm-hmm. into an unproductive behavior based on my attachment style. Like I'm getting too clingy or I'm, I'm pulling away or, you know, what would you say to them to just kind of stop in the moment and recognize what they're doing and maybe take a different course? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So um first of all, I just want to mention with the anxious attachment, we are so self-conscious. <laughs> like we're always thinking about mm-hmm. the other, the other, mm-hmm. the other. And so much of it is like, wait a second, what do I need? <laughs> right. Let's come back to me. Um, so, so yeah, there's this embodiment process, but, um, honestly getting clear on who your secure self is, who is your secure self? Um, and there's a lot more to this, but whenever I am feeling activated, I will just kind of come back into my body and ask myself, okay, Jess, how does secure me want to respond to this? How does secure me want to respond to this? Is she anxious? Is she like too worried and too consumed about the other person? Or is she focused on herself? Hmm. Right. Um, is she relaxed? So it, it, it takes some work, but it requires mm-hmm. you to get really clear on who your secure self is, um, which, you know, you can read books on, what a secure attachment kind of looks like, how they, you know, how they um, identify, how they relate to themselves, how they cope. So um, I, I teach this all in, in the program, but I can also send you guys <laughs> some, <laughs> some links as well, if you want to share with your community. Um, but yeah, getting clear on your secure self and then asking yourself when you're activated, what would secure me do in this situation? And in that embodiment process, when you do that over and over again, it becomes more habitual. Um, I used to get activated all the time so quickly, hmm. just, you know, text and all these things. I would overthink it. And now I'm like, Jess, I, I set a boundary there. I'm not doing that. Secure me does not do that. Let me refocus my attention on something else. Um, but again, that takes, it takes. Well, and you can have friends do that for you, right? So Corey and I have actually, that's how we got started on this podcast. We, we hike a lot together and it would be this, mm-hmm. what we call ruminating or what's speculating yes. and like, Oh, what's happening? What's happening? And then we make up all these stories and I'm like, stop, we have to stop. Like it's not helping, but it, this is what you're talking about. It's like stopping and reframing or bringing yourself back. But it is really hard to do it on your own. And I've just found throughout this process of living friends are like gold, right? Like everybody needs a Tracy to to stop, stare at them right in the eyes and say, stop Uh. speculating. (laughs) Sometimes it just takes that for me. I'm like, Oh, you're absolutely right. I needed to stop for a second. Right. 
Yeah. Using your resources, you know, like you guys are each other's resource. Um, yeah. Finding what your support system is to kind of snap you out. I mean, psychology, they call that thought stopping, you know, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to do that when you're not used to doing it. Right. Um, so if you can get help with someone to kind of distract you and bring you back into the moment, that's really, really helpful. But yeah, I asking myself, what would secure me do? Right. Mm. And it's, it's, there's always a choice. There's always a choice. That's so good. You should make up t-shirts, although you're more fashionable than we are. (laughs) What would secure me do on the back? Follow me. What would secure me do? (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Um, Can you tell our listeners how to find out about you? Like, I think everyone should listen to your podcast, whether they're going through a breakup, whether they're just wanting to be in a relationship. I mean, your podcast isn't specifically geared towards breakups anyway. It's about attachment style. And, you know, if people are having troubles, look at the attachment style. Like that's an avenue to go down, right? To, to explore. So how can they find you? Cause everybody needs to know about you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to learn more about your attachment style, understand how you experience love, how other people are experiencing love. So you don't take as many things personally. Um, you know, yeah, you can check out my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com, my Instagram. I usually make a post almost every day. Um, it's the Jessica De Silva. And if you're interested in, you know, a coaching program a course to kind of guide you through this process and becoming more secure. That's also on my website. And if you want to discover your attachment style, that is also on my website. Oh, great. And the podcasts are the best, and the podcast. really. The yes. podcasts and let's talk attachments, right? Like I've sent that out to so many people and I'm like, here, look, this will help you. Oh, Hey, look, does this sound familiar? Is this <laughs> what I'm going through? Listen, listen, this will help. You know, I mean, I wish they would teach attachment styles in grade school. I know that would, man, that would have been amazing or that, I mean, it still could have happened. So, well, and it's never too late. I mean, we're, I'm a bit older than you, like I said, but it doesn't matter because I can, I've got, who knows how much more time to live. And I want that to be quality, right? I want to not live with, I don't want regrets anymore. And I don't, I used to be like you. I was the fearful avoidant. I was the, I love you. Wow. Get away. And, you know, slam the door and I leave. But then 10 minutes later, I'm like, hi, can I come back? You know, (laughs) and it drives people insane. And I have gone through a process with several of my exes to, you know, talk about that and and say, I'm so sorry about that. And it's really now morphed our relationships into even better. And those are people I was with for eight and five years that they're very close relationships now. And I can own what I did. And it's because of the way I grew up. And I had no understanding of that, you know, no understanding. And I just feel like Corey knows I say this all the time, attachment style, attachment theory is so critical. And when it was first explained to me, it gave me the creeps because I didn't grow up with that kind of, you know, love and affection. And I thought it was creepy. And I was like, what? I wasn't attached to those people. What? That? <laughs> Don't say that to me. But I was attached, but in a disorganized, unhealthy way. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it's so important because humans are wired for attachment. It's like, we can't mm-hmm. run away from this, you guys, right? We're mm-hmm. wired for attachment. So we need to know, okay, how do I create secure attachments rather than insecure attachments? Because it's going to be one or the other. So right. might as well learn now. 
Exactly. And now can be any time for anybody. And you truly are a lifesaver. And I recommend everybody to listen to you. And you have done so much for me. And I so appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Happy to hear that. Well, Jessica, it has been such an honor and pleasure to have you on. I, I've learned so much just in our, even our time together today. And I love listening to your episodes and I'll be t- keep continuing to tune in to hear your awesome insight. Because as we talked about before, you know, this isn't just about, you know, romantic relationships, but all of the things that you're sharing are just about helping build and develop and foster better relationships with everyone. And so I, I think there's so much to be gained and learned. So I hope our listeners tune in. We'll put a bunch of great resources in the show notes. Thank you so much, everybody, for taking some time to listen. Thank you again, Jessica, for being here. And go out there and rock those relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.